Deep in the night, out of the shadows, a figure emerges. Tall and thin, it glides toward you, but all you see is its flowing cloak and its wide-brimmed hat. When you ask others about what you've seen, you find out you're not the only one to experience this worldwide phenomenon. Is he real? Is he a figment of your imagination? Or is he something not of this realm? This week's episode is The Hat Man. Fills with dread, probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood. I'm gonna kill you. This is all I have stuck. I'm the hat man. This is all I have had stuck in my head since the getting into it. Patrons chose this topic for this month's topic that they get to choose. They did. Amani Marie sent it to us on Instagram um, and we gave them three options and this one narrowly beat out another mm-hmm. topic so we'll probably have to also cover that one. That other they're... one I was also very interested in so yeah we might have to do that one at some we'll point too. Get on it. When you were saying you were singing that song I said oh that song's from Basketball. <laughs> you did. <laughs> I do love Basketball. Which I or still I have never seen. Oh man it's a if 12-year-old Heather liked it, so that's about all you need to know, is that it was, I don't know that the the humor has evolved much beyond when it first came out in the late 1990s. You don't know if it um, held up? I don't know if it did, but you know what holds up? This story, apparently, is in everybody's over the corner. Place. Have you ever had sleep paralysis? One time, and oh, I yeah. can still remember it vividly. Well, actually, maybe more than once, but there is one time that sticks out that I woke up and I felt like something was hovering above me and literally sucking my soul out of my body. Like I could feel it coming up out of my mouth and see it going into this thing above me. And I can still picture it like it was yesterday. It was very haunting. Watching this alone at the house, I was like, well, it's only when you fall asleep and then you watch it. No, it's not. It could be any time of day or night. (laughs) You know me, I freak myself out. So I was... uh, uh, you know, I I have my candles lit. I have the goose, my little lucky bracelet I wear. So I hopefully will not see this at night. I also slept with the television on last night. So if I, I didn't have um, kids in the bed, I would also probably sleep with the television on. I love falling asleep with the TV on. But then I don't you. love waking up with it on. No, it's still going. Although I did notice last night, Netflix, I fell asleep and it said, are you still watching? And instead of just saying yes, the answer was yes or yes, and also don't ask me this again. Oh, yeah. Which I would like that thing. on everything. Please don't. I accept all cookies. <laughs> I will always pay more for avocado. I know that I need to accept the rules of something before signing. Like, I just want a blanket thing I can sign once that takes care of all of that stuff. So just please leave me alone and stop asking me questions. Yes. <laughs> that's yeah, that's button. basically, that's my creed. That yeah. is the button. Well, yeah, um, I have not seen this specific entity, but so many have, and it sounds like this might explain what you saw. Yeah, when I was a teen and I slept over at my high school boyfriend's house, I had never heard of this mystery or any of that, but I've told this story before, Mm -hmm. and then when this got suggested, I thought, well, the guy I saw was in a hat, and he did kind of walk down the hallway and stare at us and then walk away. Was he shadowy? Yeah, it was shadowy. I didn't really see too much of his face. And then in the documentary that we'll discuss, there are some photos. And my high school boyfriend, his family had taken a photo of a friend in that doorway. And over the friend's shoulder was an outline of a man in a hat. Like I described it as like a Quaker Oats hat. To me, that's what mm. it kind of looked like. So it, I, I don't know if they're all different hat men or it's the one hat man. And he just likes to change out his hat depending on where he goes. Where's a lot of hats. He don't we all? Yeah, so we understand. Are we hat not man. all in the Hat Man? <laughs> at at our core, we're all the Hat Man. We're just looking, <laughs> just opening the door, seeing if somebody's interested. They scream in our face. We slink back. Yeah. go back to the shadow realm. Story of my life. Yeah, right. So I think that might explain it. Well, um, you and so many others, and I have a feeling we're going to get a lot of 
DMs and emails about people's encounters with their hat man. If you have one, a great place to send that would be to our Freaky Friday. Yeah, so, sinisterhood.com slash Freaky Friday. And we, if we get enough, we could do an all hat man episode. Ooh, and... So. By then, we'll acquire the rights. Or we'll just have a spoof song of, I'm the scat man, but we'll call it, I'm the hat man. So we'll we'll change it enough to where we're not violating any kind of legal stuff. True, true. We'll do our own. Well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get into it. Since the earliest accounts of written history, stories of the dreams we have while sleeping have been recorded. Scholars, scientists, and the everyday person have studied what dreams are, how they occur, and what they mean. While not everyone may remember their dreams upon waking, everyone does dream, according to Healthline. For many, dreams are beautiful, inspiring, restorative, and hopeful. But for some unlucky folk around the world, a terrifying figure that visits them while they sleep has turned their dreams into nightmares. My dad used to say he dreamt in black and white. And so then, like the rare times he would have a color dream, he would get very excited about it. But I know people that say, I don't dream. You do. Mm-hmm. You just don't remember it. Um, but I've uh, after having read, I don't know, dozens of articles where I Googled, does everyone dream? Because I wanted to be <laughs> sure. Um, all, by all accounts, scientists and researchers say we all do dream. We just don't all remember it. Um, I always dream in color, but I have heard mm-hmm. of people that dream in, in black and white too. And I typically remember my dreams and I also have a lot of, not the exact same recurring dream, but the themes within it are recurring and elements in it are recurring as well. Our family is a big sleep analysis family. So when you had a wild dream as a kid, we would call Mama, my mom's mom, had a dream book on her bed mm-hmm. on her side table by her chair and when you call her you say, "I dreamt last night I was packing a red suitcase or whatever." And she would look it up and go, "Well, red means this and suitcase means this and you know, how are you feeling?" And she would do like dream analysis. That was So it's funny that I'm now into all of this kind of, you know, as you say, kind of woo-woo stuff. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense that as a kid it wasn't just, "Oh, no, no, it was just a dream. It meant nothing." She was like, "I'll tell you what that would be dreamt about a donkey." It meant this. So I like <laughs> I had it from an early age. It's our subconscious a lot of times working stuff out. I love to analyze dreams, specifically other people's dreams. So, um, and I don't like to toot my own horn a lot, but it is something I'm good at. So if you got a a wild dream and you want to email it, email it to Freaky Friday. Send it. Maybe we do a a weird dream dream episode of Freaky Friday. I'll I'll start sending it to the chat that you and I and Leanne have because I normally send them to Leanne because she now has a dream. My God rest Mama's soul. She has now passed away. So Leanne has a dream book and she looks it up in her dream book. If I, like I had dreamt about this thing. It doesn't explain how I dream about things and then they happen. I'm not saying I'm psychic. I'm saying I Googled it in school one time and my friend caught me and then I thought she was going to laugh at me and then she said she thought she was psychic. So I dreamed um, two weeks before that horse, um, Went down at the Kentucky Derby and had to be shot. I dreamt that that happened and I was in the stands watching it. Psychic. (laughs) There are um, scientific, I'm using that in quotes, uh, explanations for why stuff like that happens. A lot of people also say you shouldn't use dream books because dreams are personal to each person. And so don't get like so caught up on like it means this because it can mean something different to you. But I Google all the time like... I dreamt about dirty water, which is a recurring thing I dream about. Mm. Gross enough. So um, I think it helps me like analyze what may be going on in my life that maybe I need to take a look at. Get a couple also, sources. maybe I just need to visit cleaner lakes. <laughs> you need to go to the ocean. Yeah. The 2019 documentary, The Hat Man, documented cases of pure evil mixes eyewitness accounts with reenactments of terrifying encounters of a figure that has been named the Hat Man. Across all the interviews, some similarities emerged. In every instance, the Hat Man is a black silhouette that slinks into the room. He is exceedingly tall, at least 7 feet, and in some instances, 10 to 12 feet. His outfit stays almost the same from account to account. However, the hat, which he is always wearing, sometimes changes. Most often the hat has a wide brim. Some describe it as a fedora, others as a cowboy-style hat, a top hat, or even a stovepipe hat. 
He's often wearing a coat, cloak, or cape. One witness named Steve told documentary filmmakers the shadowy figure in his room resembled the Undertaker from the WWE. Another witness was so disturbed watching the film Babadook that she had to leave the room because the creature in the film so resembled what she had seen lingering in her room at night. There's apparently been a lot of imagery throughout the ages of, or especially in pop culture, mm-hmm. that now are utilizing this idea of a sl- kind of slender man but with a hat. It was also in um, the first The Haunting on Hill House Mm-hmm. There was he the hat man was in that you would see him standing in the backgrounds in certain shots and you didn't even really see him unless you were looking for it. And the same in I think it's the third Poltergeist where she's drawing the we when we talked about it in the horror movie curses episode it's the I guess he's the reverend but he wears a wide brim hat and she mm-hmm. draws pictures. Of oh yeah him. yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah. Have you seen Babadook? I have not because it looked too scary. I saw it once. It was a long time ago, and I remember. Hating the first half and then liking the second half. Interesting. There was a child in it that I found very obnoxious. Okay. (laughs) And I couldn't get past it for quite a while. But I've only seen it once. Um, But I believe it's a lore. That's what it's based on is some kind of urban legend and stuff. I have definitely seen The Undertaker from the WWE. And he is scary. He's scary, but awesome. I mean, if He's you awesome. see the if you see the Undertaker from the WWE in your room, you might just get I don't know, pile driver. Yeah. Uh, but the Babadook has become an internet sensation, and it, people Good love him. Love the Babadook. It's kind of oh, like gritty. So they've there's they've embraced the Babadook. Yeah. Yes, in a positive manner, in a memeified. Good, good. Some say you can't make out any of the entity's features. Others say he stares at you with glowing red eyes and smiles. For many people. The hat man appears at night during sleeping hours. For others, he seems to torment them both waking and sleeping. And the smile was described by a couple folks in the documentary as looking like the Cheshire cat in the newer right. Alice in Wonderland, where the kind of the smile is all you can see, or there's no eyes, or there are eyes, but I don't want to like black hollow eyes. Mm-hmm. Did you read the no sleep link I sent you last night? No, I didn't want to be kept up any more than well, I already have. There's oh. a lot of this and that. Okay, I'll read it. <laughs> I, I created a Reddit account specifically to be able to follow this series of this no sleep story because it is very good. One eyewitness, Tian, began seeing the hat man in her early childhood in the 1980s. Initially, she saw no facial features. As she began to see him more often, his face began to take shape. Tan told documentarians that the crooked man in The Conjuring 2 was spot on as far as for what the real hat man looked like when it appeared to her. Over the years, the hat man has appeared to her in her sleep as well as while she was in the living room watching television with her girlfriend. In that instance, the hat man peeked out her bedroom door smiled at her, then went back into her bedroom slowly. The hat man has also appeared to both Tian and her son at the same time, while the pair sat on the boy's bed. On an out-of-town road trip, Tian and her travel companions saw the hat man standing on the side of the road as they were driving. He smiled at the passengers, his head following their movement, before he disappeared. Both the road trip and him sneaking out of the bedroom were some of the reenactments. Credit where credit's due to the documentary filmmakers. It scared me. I haven't watched it because, transparency, I have the flu right now. So if I sound a little gravelly, uh, that is why everyone in this house has the flu, except Ella. She gave it to us first. She's now over it. The rest of us still have it. She conquered so, the flu and was like, you guys, it's turn Yeah, then she she gave it to all of us and was then peaced out. Yeah. Um so I haven't had time to watch this because I've been dealing with sick children. But I, the only time I could have watched it was the other night, and it was like 1 a.m., and I said, nah, no. I need to watch this right before I try to go to bed. Don't put that curse on yourself. Mm-mm. But it was scary. Yeah, it was. And and like I said, it's, gr- it's well done reenactments. The part where she sees him standing on the side of the road, it's almost... You could say, oh, it was probably just some stranger, but the way that it was described is that he really, he was smiling, but you couldn't really see that it was a human. You could just Mm. see this, like, dark, shadowy figure with the smile 
I mean, turn the car and write them down. You, you know, might as <laughs> what well if it's take an your actual shot. person. Now you, now you're gonna be convicted <laughs> of manslaughter. That's true. Actually, I think that'd be straight up murder if you were intentionally <laughs> writing true. them down. Uh, but yeah, the crooked man in the Conjuring Two. I must have maybe skipped the Conjuring Two or shut my eyes when that character looks like a Tim Burton nightmare mm-hmm. hell demon. So scary. Uh, sorry in advance because the Instagram posts. I'm going to use some of these pictures, and they are chilling. <laughs> Fair warning. Tian offered an explanation to documentary filmmakers of what she believes the Hat Man is. I think he is Lucifer in the flesh. Honestly, when he pierces into you with his eyes into your soul, that's all you feel. Oh my God, that's the devil right there. Oh my God, he's coming for my soul. This is it. It shakes my soul. Honestly, that's a um. Poetic line. Scary for her, but it shakes my soul is rather poetic. Could could be a song. All these folks, you just, you feel for them because it's, with her, she's been pretty much followed for years. I mean, she's constantly sees him. Like I told you, one of my heroes, Jeff Probst, always says, perception is reality. So if you believe that this thing is following you and haunting you, you were experiencing real fear. It's absolutely real. Mm-hmm. Bob, a man in his mid-60s, agreed to be interviewed about his experience for the Hat Man documentary. As a young boy in the year 1960, Bob was around five years old when he saw the Hat Man while staying with family in Compton. He and his mother were sharing a bed when a shadowy figure, fitting the description of the Hat Man, slunk out of the corner of his room and walked toward Bob and his mother. The enormous thin figure in the wide-brimmed hat and long black cloak lurked over the edge of the bed, staring at Bob's sleeping mother and five-year-old Bob, who was wide awake in terror. Then, the boy noticed the hat man began to shake his head back and forth, as if saying, No. When he left the room, the hat man glided away, making no sounds of footsteps or opening and closing the door. That's what Bob said. You know, at first I thought they were at their grandmother's house, and he said, well, you know, it might be one of my uncles, but he said he never heard it was wood floors and a wooden door, you know, pretty loud stuff, and he said he never heard anything, any retreat, which means still in the room. Or, or no feet. Or, or no feet. Yeah. You know, what would be helpful is hmm. if he had um, music like The Undertaker, and every time <laughs> he was going to enter, he had a theme song, and I'm just going to... Per- I'm gonna pro- or I'm gonna propose every time he's about to appear, and then also when he leaves. So it's yeah, it's scary, but it's also kind of fun. Like you, it's like when you go through a haunted house and you got to go through all the bubbles at the end. So it's like it desensitizes it before you're just released gotta, back into the world. The Hat Man has to work on his entrance. If it's like when you go see mm-hmm. WWE live and it starts, shh, it starts putting in the smoke, starts uh-huh. to come, the lights start going, and it's like. Yeah, that may that may then, get excited. Everybody's like, "I gotta get to sleep. I gotta see the Hat Man." It's yes. the way you start getting your kids to go to bed early because they're stoked to see the Hat Man. It's all about how you present it. Yeah, he needs better marketing. He's yeah, gotta, we should re-brand. we should we should rebrand him. Just Babadook got rebranded. There you go. It can be done. Memeified. In the morning, when Bob told his sister about the encounter, he was surprised to hear from her that their grandmother had encountered the same figure previously. All the time, even during the day, it would just show up. He wouldn't talk. He would just hang around. She would see him all the time, in the house, outside. Despite the hat man appearing frequently to their grandmother, Bob only saw him that one time as a young boy. That's one of the other theories is that it attaches not just to a person, but maybe to a lineage. So if a hat man... A couple hundred years ago was all up in your family's biz, and then now you're getting it because you're of the lineage. God. Like, it ain't my fault. That's I know. Like the leprechaun coming after the girl in Leprechaun 2 when it was because of her great-great-great-grandfather. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Tim Brown was 14 years old when he encountered the hat man. He was dozing off in his bed watching TV when something out of his periphery caught his eye. At first, he thought the shadowy figure with the large hat he saw lurking in the hallway by his grandma's room was an intruder. Like most, Tim found himself paralyzed with fear. After mustering the courage to protect his family, Tim ran into the hallway ready to fight. There was nothing there. The next day, Tim recounted the haunting ordeal to his grandmother and great-grandmother. They told Tim they had also seen the hat man in the house over the years. 
he's just strolling about. They need to be. It needs to be like a vampire. You can't come in unless I say you can. Oh, I like that idea. Well, that's what the house that I saw a ghost with a hat on. We don't know if it was the hat man, but a, a ghostly figure when I was in high school, they had had a priest come and bless the room that I was sleeping in, and the hat man remained in the hallway. So I don't know if maybe that had something to do you gotta with it. You got to bless the whole house. You got to. Yeah, why'd the priest just stop there, man? Just I know. Shake that holy water all over. What the no. hell are you doing? You get a helicopter... You fly over it, and you just douse the whole thing. You get a fire hose and just spray the whole street down. (laughs) The eerie experience never strayed far from Tim's mind. Over a decade later, after hearing about the Hatman phenomenon while listening to Coast to Coast AM, he began researching other cases where people had seen the terrifying figure. Wanting to make sense of the experiences and provide a community where people could share their stories, Tim started the website the Hatman Project, in 2001. Hundreds of people have contributed their stories to Tim's site. After reading all of them and conducting further independent research, Tim now believes he can confidently say who the Hatman is and what he wants. His findings will be released in his book, The Hatman, His Identity Revealed. There is no charge for the book, as Tim feels everyone deserves to know the truth. For those that wish to receive a free copy, there is a form on his website. Once the book is complete, copies will be mailed to those who have signed up. No information on a possible publication date is given. So you just got to give them an email and <laughs> wait for so. the day. You know, you got to give yourself an end date for stuff like this or else it, you're just going to be writing forever. That's true. We need a deadline. You got to have a date certain deadline. I also wonder, so it, it's going to be a compendium of all of the people's stories that they've written into him, or simply just, it's one page, and it just says his name and address, <laughs> yeah. and you like, One get sentence. Him. The hat man is, and then it tells us everything we need to know. I hope that it's a legitimate, there's an answer, and not it's not a Geraldo opening the vault thing, where it's just cobwebs God. inside. What an old reference. We should have known then that he was trash. He sucks. And that book he wrote. Ugh. Yeah. Everything about him sucks. Back in the 80s, everybody, I was like, oh, okay, he's kind of fun. And he just sucks ass. Yeah, he took a turn downhill. And I, But I do love that to this day, it's 2022, and I haven't forgotten her all. No. The world hasn't forgotten. We all remember that. You jacked us all. Oh, you got the us Jimmy all Hoffa? high. Oh, Bullshit. yeah. Bullshit. Uh-huh. Or the the vault of Al Capone or whatever. Oh, was it Al Capone? Something. Yeah. It, it was either it was one of them. Yeah. Well, there wasn't shit in it, so no. we don't know what it was. There was nothing in it. Some paranormal experts categorize the hat man as one of many shadow people, described as souls or spirits without their body. Author Rosemary Guiley has written extensively about the hat man. In her interview with documentarians, she explained why she considers the people who experience visits from the hat man to be credible. We have too many of these experiences that fit the same pattern. Thousands and thousands of them. People all over the world who have never met each other and never knew anything about the shadow people or the hat man or the djinn are shocked to discover that they're having similar experiences to encounters that have been described throughout the ages. The experiential evidence speaks for itself. Guiley also believes that humans are the only light source for these fourth dimension beings who feed off of our energy. She says the hat man is a djinn, which are malevolent evil creatures written about in mythology. Djinn have been described by paranormal experts as similar to the Dybbuk in Jewish folklore. Guiley also noted to Hatman filmmakers that a large number of shadow people experiencers also claim to be E.T. abductees. She believes that because shadow people and the hat man are jinn, they are attracted to people who have survived ET abductions. Jinn feed off human life force and extreme emotions. Since abductions are emotionally distressing, the jinn may be attracted to the people from whom they can absorb the most energy. I mean, it makes sense if you get energy off of people being freaked out, freaking them out yourself as a hat man hiding in the corner or just swooping in after they've been abducted and put back. Riding those coattails. You're riding the coattails. You mm-hmm. see the spaceship take off, you sneak right in. <laughs> it's like an ambulance chaser for the paranormal. Absolutely. Hat Man is like, hey, you got some energy? <laughs> and they're like, dude, go get your own. Don't <laughs> like, come in and picking up our breadcrumbs. Don't, you don't need our sloppy seconds. Come on. He's like, I ju- you know what? I saw the Hat Man going in there right after we took mm-hmm. off. I bet you did. <laughs> There is also the belief that the hat man may be a harbinger of death. 
The website Nurse Labs compiled responses from nurses of eerie stories they experienced while on the job. One nurse shared a patient's interaction with the hat man. A nice old lady told my CNA she wanted to wear all white. When asked why, the patient said, The man in black is here. She looked in the corner of the room. The CNA looked, but there was no one there. That's when I came into the room. We asked her to describe what she was seeing, and she said, He's in all black, and he's got a top hat on. Then she whispered, And his eyes are red. While her eyes moved across the room directly behind the CNA, like she was watching him move closer to us. The patient died later that night, but it was unexpected. That room creeped me out for a long time after that. I bet that website's got some stories. Oh, man. It was like 52 of the creepiest things people Mm-mm. said right before they died. Mm. This was the only, yeah, this was only the hat man, but that's that would be a whole nother Freaky Friday episode. And we just talked about that on a previous Freaky Friday of people yeah. uh, maybe knowing their Knowing their when fate. they're going to go mm-hmm. or seeing things before, yeah. In 2014, a photo circulated online titled, Three Women and a Hat Man. It shows three women in white gathered together in front of a chain-link fence, reportedly on the day of their mother's funeral. Over the top of the center woman's head, there appears to be the outline of the hat man. The paranormal guide wrote, There's really not a whole lot of information about this photo, where it was taken, country, state, city, when it was taken, date, or what it was taken on, digital or film, but most people tend to lead toward film in this case. All that seems to be shared is that it was taken the same day as the three women's mother's funeral, and that a few days later, one of the women died. That's eerie. Um, but... Yeah, but (laughs) let's get some more information, you know? Three women and a hat man. Yeah, three women and a hat man, first of all. uh, Throw a pizza place in it and you got yourself a sitcom. Uh, I love things that are like, this is verifiable. It is 100% true. Do we know when it was taken? No. Do we know where? Also no. Do we know who these people are? No. But all of this is true. I want to know who they are. I'm sure. I mean, it's been shared around the internet. You got to, we got to figure it out because it is, it does not appear to be. I altered. have not looked because I was going to wait until we recorded oh, and ask you to screen share with me and show it to me it. so I could live react. We're going to live react to, to this. Well, women. I'll live react to this one and the next one that we're going to discuss too. Oh. Uh, can you zoom in more? I bet you I can. Well, does this photo show three women in white in front of a chain link fence? Yes. It also shows... What appears to be a silhouette of um, a dark figure with a hat standing behind them. To me, it looks like a cutout of McGruff the crime dog who has been completely blacked out. It was. It's like a, uh, this crime dog refused to be identified. <laughs> I mean, it has the same profile of McGruff. It does. It absolutely does. That was one of the... Weaker, I would say, parts of the documentary when they said, you're going to see the hat man everywhere. And there's pretty much, you know, those crime watch burglar signs you see in neighborhoods where it's a sneaky. And it's like, there he is. And I said, well, I think that might just be what we have accepted societally as like a 1930s gangster with a fedora hat on. Which who's why does that need to be on the crime watch sign? Are you afraid that they're going to start a dice game in your alleyway? Mm. Call it in. (laughs) Who knows? Um, This to me looks very photoshopped. So it doesn't freak me out because I'm I'm not buying this one. But put it in the good good. Um, that's it's it's still fun to look at. We will put it in the um in the Instagram post. It's also in the show notes. Oh yeah, put it in the Instagram I'll post, and then everyone the can decide for themselves how they feel about it. Yes, but we do need to see three women, a hat man, and a pizza place <laughs> come in this Can't fall wait. on NBC. Can't wait. In 2021, Reddit user YouShawnJ10376 posted a photo to the Hatman subreddit titled, I believe I have captured Hatman on camera. This is in my basement as I was trying to sleep. Photo is 100% unedited or tampered with in any way. He posted four photos in total and received comments from fellow Hatman experiencers. One photo shows a dark figure lurking over the poster's shoulder. Another shows a shadowy shape creeping from behind a wall. Commenters encouraged the photographer, writing, Got chills. The first one is as clear as day. And that second picture is exactly what I saw when I was a kid. 
half sticking out the closet just like that, staring at me. Not everyone was thrilled with the photos, including one hat man aficionado who wrote, A joke to this community. Those who have seen him, including myself, know the experience inside out indescribably. It is a menace of a figure. Do not seek it out. Okay, here we go. Now I'm going to see this one for the first time. Oh, let's see. Share screen. I'm going to select. So this is the first photo. Okay. It's pretty dark. It's kind of hard to see. Let's go to photo number two is the one that they said it was spot on. Let's zoom in if you can. Hmm. I mean, to me, it just looks like a shadow of something in the room. I think if you want it to look like a hat man, you could make that connection. I will show you pictures three and four, although it just literally is completely dark. It's real dark. Yeah, this yeah. guy, this isn't very good documentation from whoever this Reddit user well, was. Well, if you're taking a picture of the hat man, you can't use a flash. That's true. I guess I would scare him off. He's like, you're going to give me red eyes in the photo. <laughs> well, but he already has red eyes. <laughs> Maybe that's why. It's true. It's because it's always people using the flash. Mm-hmm. One of the most common remedies against repeated shadow person visits, such as the hat man, is to turn a light on and leave lights, televisions, or computers on. The electrical fields generated by these items can ward off the creatures, according to Rosemary Guiley. Prayers and verses from the Christian Bible, the Quran, or the Torah can also help repel the evil entities, or at the very least, provide some calming to the person experiencing the visit. Corinne, a psychic, told filmmakers she saw the hat man during an ayahuasca ceremony, lurking above one of her fellow travelers. Ayahuasca contains dimethyltryptamine, or DMT, also known as the spirit molecule. Unlike mushrooms or LSD, which alter the user's perception of the world we live in, known as the consensus reality, DMT changes the information generated by the brain in such a profound way that it is essentially a 100% reality switch. According to neurobiologist Andrew Gallimore. I had uh, no idea about this. <laughs> dude, I, I know about this drug. I I mean, I don't I don't know if people that use it call it a drug or call it something else. I don't know. Uh it's too scary for me. I just thought that it was similar to mushrooms or LSD. I've never done any of these things. The inside of my brain's already like the roller coaster and you know, uh, children's horror film. You know, it's just like it, there's so, so much going on there. Mm-hmm. I don't need to, you know. But I thought mushrooms, LSD, and DMT would be similar. But they were saying pretty much if you're sitting there and you're doing mushrooms or LSD, the computer screen in front of you may start to switch. Mm-hmm. The DMT, you're on a space planet somewhere yeah. else. There's elves. People have described seeing certain beings that are gnomes. talking to them. Gnomes. Machine tall, gnomes. They said they saw tall, thin creatures, kind of similar to maybe Slenderman saying that they're aliens from the future and that we have to save the planet. I don't want I, – I, I like it some anchor to reality. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's exactly it. I, uh, I've done both LSD and mushrooms, uh, and nothing like DMT has ever occurred, and I don't want to do that. I don't like to feel like I don't have some sort of a grasp on what's going on, mm-hmm. and that to me sounds – terrifying and it's a lot of people said that if you do a high dose you they call it super load or blasting off you blast Mm -hmm. off and it's where you'll hear sounds like a fire crackling or like cellophane being wrinkled and then all of a sudden you like burst through this membrane almost like you're being reborn and this is when you have entered into this world that much like the hat man, people that have experienced this describe the same types of stuff. That sounds terrifying. Yeah, and he said, Andrew Gallimore said, oh, it basically, you it's a death of the ego. You come out completely different than what you went in as. And I thought, oh, oh things are all right for me. Yeah, but if I don't want to come that, out and my kids are like, mom, who are you? Where'd mom go? You're like, shit I've seen, you wouldn't believe, right? kid. I was God. on another planet. I blasted off. <laughs> Gallimore explained to Gaia Media Network that the brain is a world builder that generates information. That information can be broken into two categories, the information that comes from within your brain and the information your brain takes in from the outside world. Gallimore explains the active process our brains undertake when creating internal information and taking in external stimuli. 
Your brain is an information generator and your world is built from the information generated by your brain. And this applies in all circumstances, whether you're in normal waking life, when you descend into REM sleep at night, when you dream, but also when you have a DMT experience. The idea that one world is real and another world is unreal, the idea that this waking world is real and yet the DMT state is not real, is not really supported. That's a long way to say Jeff Probst. <laughs> Perception is reality. Perception is reality. But, yeah, I mean, it's I mean, what it sounds like. <laughs> that's it's the same thing. Like um, my therapist has told me about because when I am very anxious, I'll catastrophize and I'll have all these horrible thoughts in my head and act out like these terrifying scenarios, and you send yourself into a state of panic because. Like he explained, your brain doesn't know you're not really experiencing that. Mm -hmm. So all it knows is, you know, it's reacting off of what your perception is. And that's then your reality. So if you're thinking about, oh, I'm going to get into a terrible car accident when I leave here. And, you know, then you're the physiology and the physical reaction that goes on your body and your brain starts to mimic that. And then you start to panic because you think that that's really happening or you're having the feelings that you would if that were to happen. Yeah, and it's, that's exactly right. Like, what is truly real? Well, I can reach out and touch this cup in front of me. Well, really all I'm doing is my brain is saying, is that a cup? And then my hand touches the cup, which is the external stimuli, and then my brain says, I have touched a cup. Mm -hmm. But that the problem if you're asleep, it's the same thing. So, Or if you're mm -hmm. we're about to get into half asleep, half awake, you say, there is a man with a hat in my corner, in the corner of my room, there is really to you, mm -hmm. your reality is that that man really is there. Yeah. And that's whether or terrifying. not any other bells can see it or whatever. So yeah. then, and my question, which we'll talk about, and so what do we think is if I see him, even if nobody else can, isn't that technically real? Well, I think that perception is reality. So if mm -hmm. you perceive it to be real, then it is real to you. Mm -hmm. And then you are experiencing the emotions and stuff that, that they're very real to you. Yeah. That's how I feel about a lot of paranormal stuff. Mm -hmm. While um, I might not believe that someone saw a ghost, if they believe it, then they think it's real. So if it's real to them, that's really all that matters. True. And I think it's, if you see or experience someone and someone said, no, you didn't, then well, it doesn't matter. That external opinion is irrelevant to you because you were the one that firsthand experienced it. Yeah. It's the same thing with nobody's opinion about what you do should matter for anything. If it's real to you and, and it makes you happy, then live your life. It's my Zen book, the Jeff Bridges Zen book, where they talk about it's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> you just let it roll off. You like mm -hmm. to do. In the late 20th century, a biological explanation for these nightmarish episodes was introduced. Sleep paralysis. Essentially, sleep paralysis occurs when we wake up before we've stopped dreaming, according to Quartz News. While dreams can happen any time during sleep, our most vivid and intense dreams occur during the REM phase, according to WebMD. To prevent us from acting out our dreams and potentially hurting ourselves, our brains put us into a paralyzed state during REM sleep. If we happen to wake up during the REM cycle, we may find ourselves in our bed, awake, but completely unable to move. And you and I were talking about Mike Birbiglia's Sleepwalk, oh, with yeah. me, the movie, and then also his one-man show and his book where he talks about having REM behavior disorder and actually acting his dreams out, climbing on dressers, climbing on – there's Dateline episodes where this is a, a common occurrence – not common, but an, a thing that has happened where mm -hmm. people act out their dreams, whether they – get up and drive a car or hurt somebody in the house with them. Didn't he and find out he had it because he ran through a window and fell out of a second story hotel room? Yeah, it was the La Quinta in Walla Walla, Washington. And he ran, he thought a missile was aimed directly. He was like, he was dreaming the, this. He was dreaming it. And so he thought the only way they said the missile is targeted on you. And the only way to save humanity is if you get the missile to go away. And so he thought he was saving humanity and he ran headlong through the window, smashed out the window. And this is how strong your brain can be that he is, he cut his 
body up, obviously jumping through the window, and kept running. And After it was dropping two stories. Two stories. He jumped up and kept running to get rid of the missile. And as he was running, he started to wake up and then looked down and was bleeding and then ended up, you know, going to the hospital. And they said, you know, a couple centimeters over, your fe- you would have cut your femoral artery and you would have bled out on the way here. And that's when he really, before that, he had had a couple more instances. Like I said, he climbed up on a dresser or, you know, stood up on tables while he was sleeping, which is dangerous, but mm-hmm. not really quite to that extent. Not to that so level. Now he takes medication. He mm-hmm. He was saying too that it was he would eat up he would go do a show do a stand up show eat a bunch of pizza watch TV be on his phone reading a book read a magazine so a lot of stimulation and then mm-hmm. just pass out and then these events would occur but now he has a really strict sleep hygiene he eats very like I don't know if he's a vegan but I know he's like turned his diet around a lot because that helps and then has to sleep in a like a Sleep Sleeping sack. bag, essentially, yeah. But they also had to put mittens on him because he could even sleep dream, oh, I'm in a sleeping bag. I'm camping. I need to get up and unzip himself. Gosh. And in another of his books, he said he had to lock himself in the room when they had a baby because mm-hmm. he, he said, you know, uh, that's dangerous. If I woke up, you know, she wakes me up in the night and I'm in the wrong sleep cycle, you might think the baby is, you know, a uh, a ham or a football, oh. you know, just whatever. And so yeah. you, it's real dangerous. It's so. terrifying. Yeah. Sleep disorders are terrifying. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of them. A lot of them aren't that uncommon. And it's because you're not completely conscious and you don't know what's happening. Like, that's terrifying to think like, well, I'm going to try to go to sleep. Hope I don't uh, jump out a window While I'm just knocked out for the next eight hours. And we'll see as we talk about the effect fear has on your brain. When I suffered from a lot of night terrors, it was almost self-fulfilling that I would get so much anxiety about having a night terror that I definitely would have one. Uh, And wasn't that when you were going through law school too? It was like the end. It was when I was studying for the LSAT trying to get into law school. Research shows that students are much more prone to them because of a poor sleep schedule and stress. I was. I was working full-time, going to school full-time, and staying up late studying for the LSAT. Mm-hmm. So I was burning the candle at both ends. Yeah. Sleep paralysis is a common problem, occurring in about 8% of people, according to the National Library of Medicine. Common experiences during sleep paralysis include hypnagogic hallucinations. According to ScienceDirect, these types of hallucinations are... Vivid visual, auditory, tactile, or even kinetic perceptions that, like sleep paralysis, occur during the transitions between wakefulness and REM sleep. Hallucinations reported often include spiders and insects crawling on the walls, feelings of suffocation, and human-shaped shadowy figures lurking in the room and near the bed. Feelings of intense fear and anxiety are also reported. Terrifying. Absolutely. I've had, I've heard friends, family members, people saying that they jump up in the night and say, oh my gosh, there's a spider. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, there's a snake. Oh, there's a, there's bugs in the bed or whatever. Uh, This is, uh, I've never had that. I've had seeing figures lurking and definitely had that feeling of suffocation because I, I don't know if, you know, when you're stuck trying to wake up, but your body's not moving, Mm -hmm. you're like, like trying to get your breath. Or I've even woken up before and I'll be on my stomach Mm-hmm. And I can't move, and I'm conscious, and I'm thinking I'm going to suffocate because my face is in the pillow if I can't move, and you have to just wake yourself up so you can roll over. Yeah, and just tell yourself, you know, it's okay, it's not real. Mm-hmm. While these terrifying images are hallucinations, Alan Avedon, a professor of neurology at UCLA and the director of the UCLA Sleep Disorder Center, told Quartz News. What they're seeing is very real to them, and they're reacting to the image in a way that seems to be very similar across individuals, across cultures, and across geographies. Shelley Adler, author of Sleep Paralysis, Nightmares, Nocebos, and the Mind-Body Connection, agrees that the hat man is a terrifying side effect of a common sleep disorder. The experience is termed sleep paralysis. An individual in the process of falling asleep or awakening finds themselves completely awake, but unable to move or speak. Frequently, they see a shadowy or indistinct shape approaching and becoming increasingly terrified. Adler continues, The entity has stalked human beings throughout history, not merely within a particular society or during a specific time. The appearance of the figures that people saw in these frightening episodes, if they saw anything at all, varied across culture, but the fear was always the same. 
Dr. Balan Jalal, a researcher at Harvard University and visiting researcher at Cambridge University, has studied sleep paralysis and its accompanying hallucinations. Though there are several hypotheses on what causes seeing shadowy figures during sleep paralysis, in his 2018 article on the subject, Dr. Jalal put forth his theory is that the phenomenon relates to serotonin 2A receptors, which are important for mediating the emotion of fear. During an instance of sleep paralysis, when the body is shutting off the part of the brain responsible for REM sleep, there is an instance of serotonin overactivity in the brain of the paralyzed sleeper. Hallucinations caused by an increase in serotonin can mimic the effects of being on LSD and mushrooms, as well as cause the paralyzed sleeper to ascribe meaning to otherwise meaningless shapes and objects. So it's one of those things where it really is real because you're having this flood in your head of serotonin to a your serotonin and the receptors are perceiving it and you have a mushroom LSD like experience where you think I'm being held down someone's on top of me they're sucking the breath out of me yeah and even if no one is physically actually on top of you that feeling that it's happening is very real to you and terrifying absolutely it's totally real and I think that this is I I love Dr. Jalal's studies because I don't think it. you say, oh, there's nothing there. You're making this up. It is you're going through a something that is physiologically very real. Like it's to me, it confirms something that's going on. If you think about the DMT experiences, maybe there's another realm and we're seeing between them. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what's going on? I'm not going to find out because I'm not doing that one. No. <laughs> According to Dr. Jalal, societal notions surrounding sleep paralysis may also create a self-fulfilling instance of fear. If one's culture attributes sleep paralysis to pernicious supernatural forces, for example, a demonic attack, such underlying fear could be enhanced due to further amygdaloid serotonin release. In other words, if a paralyzed sleeper is predisposed to presume the shadow in the corner is a specific monster, they are more likely to hallucinate that monster. This causes more fear, which causes more serotonin to release and triggers an even greater feeling of fear. In countries like Denmark, where residents perceive sleep paralysis as simply a physiological oddity, sufferers reported less fear and fewer instances than in Egypt, where those with sleep paralysis interpreted the experience as a supernatural attack, according to Dr. Jalal. Yeah, it really is perception is reality. Like you said, where they put, you know, they, the probes on you, they test you. And when you believe it, it makes it worse, which makes you believe it more, which makes it even worse. It's a vicious cycle. But this is, again, why we need to rebrand the hat man. (laughs) Because then it's like in Denmark, if you're not scared of what you're going to see, then it's going to happen less because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I wonder, too, if that's why, you know, uh, Rosemary Guiley said praying or reading scripture or holding Mm -hmm. a holy object, it makes you feel better. Is it because it's truly an evil thing that you're warding off or because prayer and holy objects are sources of comfort and a source of comfort would then decrease the serotonin flood in your brain and then cause it to truly would go away. You would stop hallucinating because you have a lesser amount in your brain. Yeah. It's the same with listening to like meditation apps before you go to sleep or like like calm and headspace, all those things. It kind of tells you stories that lull you into a sleep. Anything that's going to put you in a more peaceful state of mind mm-hmm. and be in calm going into sleep, I think is always helpful. A teddy bear, a, mm-hmm. having somebody next to you, having a you know TV favorite TV show on your routine. Like good yeah. sleep hygiene is very important. Mm-hmm. Like having a routine. This is what you do every night this is you know shutting off screens and stuff Mm -hmm. and calming your mind before you're ready to go to sleep like i am terrible about it so i can't judge anyone but i know it's something i need to really work on because it would help my sleep a thousand percent i always do sleep better when i'm not falling asleep online shopping and buying things that i don't remember i bought it's very dangerous game when i i actually have my kindle separately on my ipad and i don't have any like shopping apps or anything on there and I just set my Kindle to full screen as dark as it will go without hurting my eyes and then read mm-hmm. either a calming book or a funny book or something that is I feel like I get way better sleep when I do that versus when I let the TV play all night because mm-hmm. I'm afraid the hat man's going to come get me. <laughs> There's too much stimuli. Corinne Pertil, a reporter for Quartz News, asked psychology professor Christopher French, why he thinks a figure like the hat man has been reported by so many different people. 
French, who teaches at Goldsmiths University of London, agreed with Dr. Jalal, saying that pop culture and other societal influences may be responsible. When I sat and thought about the hat man, the thing that came to my mind was Freddy Krueger. This notion that you can be attacked when you're asleep, that's when you're most vulnerable. And of course, Kruger wears a hat. Indeed, a hatman-esque figure has been described by numerous cultures throughout history. Ancient art from Babylon depicts an ominous spirit wearing a pointed hat that would haunt unsuspecting sleepers. People in Japan and Newfoundland have reported seeing similar entities, according to Quartz News. Yeah, I mean, uh, Wes Craven, you know, based that all, you know, it's not like Freddy Krueger is the first thing that haunts your dreams wearing a hat. It's right. A long time thing. So uh, it definitely makes sense, though, that if there's an increase in people interested in that, like, say, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies come out, mm -hmm. you have more people. Or I think in this case, we have a confluence of events where people now know about the hat man because of the Internet. So are they now more predisposed to seeing a shadow ascribing meaning to the shadow and going, it's him, he's coming, mm -hmm. and you scare yourself. And then also being on your phone late, stimulating your brain, mm -hmm. then causes you not to have as restful of a sleep. And then you're going to get, so it's kind of this becomes this cycle. Mm -hmm. I In my research for this, I ran across um, a fact about when uh, Betty and Barney Hill, it's a mm -hmm. famous alien abduction story. But they were kind of the first people to claim that they had been abducted by aliens. After they reported that, there were 2,500 reports that came in very soon after that. And again, it's like, well, did it really happen? Or are people like, oh, this is a thing that, that we're talking about now? Okay, cool. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it too. Also, the, the Betty and Barney thing, a lot of it has been attributed to that they watched a TV show recently about aliens and they were sleep deprived when they were driving back from where they were going and um they couldn't account for like the past two hours of their road trip but because they were so sleep deprived and had also recently watched an episode that involved aliens and betty hill was known for having to she was kind of like really into aliens and abductions it all kind of went from there but to your point it's are these things really happening more or is it just people are more disposed to interpret something differently because they've now heard this story? And ascribe an interaction that mm -hmm. you may previously have said, oh, that was an alien, but now you are aware of the hat man. You say, oh, it was the hat man. Uh, I got a book in Marfa at El Cosmico in the gift shop that was about the evolution of UFO like ufology and folklore, and it sort of tries to separate fact from reality and say, these are the actual government archives that say these are the type of things we saw in the sky, and these are things like what you said. There was a television show, and after that, we saw these five books came out, mm -hmm. or this book came out, and then suddenly these TV shows came out using the same elements from this pre... You know, where it, that's how... It basically tries to trace how the folklore evolved, and I think the same with the hat man of... It didn't come out of nowhere. The internet, right. the modern last 15, 20 years of the internet didn't just invent this, and Wes Craven didn't invent it. No, there's... I mean, you can see hieroglyphics of in ancient Babylonia where there are these figures carved into stone that are mm -hmm. wearing these pointed hats while, while people sleep. But it is fascinating with the research like Dr. Jalal is doing where they say, if you then want to ascribe that of, if you have this feeling, it is an alien attack. Mm -hmm. Or if you have this feeling, it is a demon or it is a ghost or it is a shadow person that you you truly will believe it. But also it's more likely to happen and it's more likely to be worse for you. Mm -hmm. Whereas, in, you know, it sounds like in Denmark, if you got sleep paralysis, you're like, yeah, it happens. Yeah. And I think that can be ascribed to all areas of life. If you're more the power of like, I don't want to say that you're not being positive if you see the hat man, but the power of like positive thinking in the way that it can change your brain or just like the stories we tell ourselves how it affects our brain. Just like they always say, you know, if you say something positive about yourself for every day for the next month, like it, it physically changes like the chemistry of your brain and the way you think about yourself. So if you start saying like, Oh, if I go to bed and I see this thing, it's it's fine. It's not a big deal. Then perhaps you're less likely to see it. And even if you do, at least perhaps you're less scared of it. Oh, for sure. And I think that that's, it doesn't even have to be positive. It just can, you know, I think you say 
this is not real. Yeah. Or <laughs> my perception, Jeff Probst, we're going back to Jeff Probst. Always. But my perception is reality, and I'm deciding you're not in my room right now. Yeah. If I your am- perception is your reality, then you have the ability to change your reality by and changing talk- your perception. I believe it's called the hypnagogic state, which we talked about a little bit earlier, but that you, there are people that try to put themselves in that state in order to master the art of lucid dreaming. Mm-hmm. And I guess... It's like working your brain out, but working that out of I'm going to control my reality. And therefore, if I see something or experience this, I'm going to decide I'm the one in charge. And that if you think the hat man is going to come towards me and he's going to suck my soul out of my body, then that probably is going to be what you perceive Mm -hmm. versus I'm going to count to three. And on the count of three, he will disappear. Mm -hmm. I control this. It's like Freddy Krueger. It's just like true. Yeah. I mean, at the end when she's like, you're nothing. It's mind over matter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I lucid dream more often than I don't. Mm. Uh, Most of the time I am aware I'm dreaming, even if wild as fuck stuff is going on, which is usually the case. But I will consciously know in the dream, oh, I can all of a sudden just decide that I want to put on an invisibility cloak and go into this room and see what these people are doing. Or... I know I'm dreaming, so I know I can fly, and so now I'm I'm flying. I've had that before, and I think that was part of what helped me. And, of course, your results may vary. Everybody's results may vary. But helped me with some of my night terrors was saying, I'm in charge. Whatever happens when I shut my eyes, I have the power to stop it. And trying to not really practice lucid dreaming, but at least keep that mindset before I went to bed. And there were times that I had terrifying nightmares that I would be like, in the dream, I'm like, if I shut my eyes and scream as hard as possible, I will wake up. Mm-hmm. I would wake up screaming, which at is least you great. <laughs> great for the person that's sleeping with me. And, of course, a lot of times with the sleep terrors, you don't really remember. So I couldn't really remember what was going on. But I had basically told myself, if you're feeling, if you feel like, and it feels real. The sleep terrors, one of them I did remember, and it was horrifically violent. And, I mean, I woke up sobbing. It felt so real. But... From then going forward, I just told myself, okay, if you get yourself in one of these situations in the dream, close your eyes and squeeze your hands together and scream as hard as you can. And like I said, it ended up with me screaming myself away. <laughs> and it's very disturbing for the person in bed with me. But it, it for me, it worked. There you go. <laughs> so, I woke myself up last night talking to my sleep. <laughs> Were you really? <laughs> yeah. I, I if, if I'm sleeping on my back and also um, when you're sick – Mm-hmm. Things like sleep talk and sleep paralysis and night terrors are more common. And um, I don't remember what I said, but I woke up and I was like, I woke up like as I was talking. Mm. Research shows that factors such as stress, not getting enough sleep, caffeine, and alcohol can contribute to sleep paralysis. Studies show that students and employees with night shifts are more likely to be afflicted. A website devoted to sleep education stresses that while typically sleep paralysis is not serious, albeit possibly terrifying, you should speak with a medical professional if you find it is affecting your day-to-day activities and if you suffer from other sleep or psychiatric disorders. And that's what I did when I started having them in in, uh, undergrad or right as I was graduating. I I made a doctor's appointment and said, what's going on? How do I stop this? They gave me, uh, what is Ambien? Which I did not like how it made me feel. But they also, in addition to that, said, let's coach you through your sleep hygiene. Let's talk about Mm -hmm. this. We'll have follow-up visits. So I'm not saying just uh, decide you're going to shut your eyes and scream yourself awake. Definitely (laughs) see some sort of a professional. Though science indicates that the hat man may be nothing more than a figment of our imagination, that doesn't make him any less terrifying to those that have encountered the shadowy creeper. To increase your odds of avoiding him, get plenty of rest, practice self-care, And, if all else fails, try sleeping with the lights on. If you still find yourself plagued by the inky ghoul, know that you are not alone. Unfortunately, there are thousands out there that know exactly the terror you have experienced. Is this comforting? Perhaps. Is it a chilling phenomenon sure to keep you up at night? Absolutely. So what do we think? I think if if you think it's real and ascribe meaning to it, then it absolutely is real. And your body will respond in the fact that it's real. You feel as if it's real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because even if someone is not physically holding you down, if you feel like they are, then you're experiencing real panic and fear. Yes. I mean, and it's legitimate panic and fear that it's mm-hmm. not... 
oh, you're just making it up. It really, I mean, it's it's almost like, what is it, psychosomatic or something, or like what your therapist said. If you're envisioning that you're, something horrific is happening to you, your body is basically responding as if that thing did happen. It's like any panic attack. I mean, in people that experience those, a lot of times are told, like, to find something to ground yourself, you know, tell yourself, this is not really happening. I am sitting in my room right now. I'm sitting in my chair. I'm at my desk. My feet are on the floor. I'm perfectly safe. So, you know, just something to like literally ground yourself and mm-hmm. kind of get you out of it. Absolutely. And I think that's, uh, like you said, self-care, a lot of positivity, not positive, you know, mindfulness. Mindfulness is better, I think. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not, an, I don't think anybody's being negative, but it's no. if, if you get yourself worked up because it is so scary that you then are worried about going to sleep because you're going to see it, you kind of have this self-fulfilling prophecy. If you think that you're going to bomb a speech that you have to give, then you're probably going to bomb that speech. That's true. Tommy gave us that book or told us to read that book, the, what was it, The Inner Game of Tennis? That oh, It was yeah? all about a lot of visualization and uh, trying to control your perception and things mm-hmm. like that. So I think yeah, I like the way that the society is moving towards kind of living a, an examined life of, you know, meditation is becoming more mm-hmm. vogue and journaling and gratitude journaling and things like that, that uh, maybe 50 years ago would be like, all right, now just get over it. Just yeah, deal with like, your stuff. Well, it looks like a demon's probably trying yeah. to kill you. And you're like, fuck. But right. now it's like, well, no, it's probably can be attributed to a biological thing. And if you do these things, hopefully you don't have to suffer as much. So yeah, I think things have come a long way. They have come a long way. But if it makes you feel better to have a religious artifact, say sure. a prayer, put a, you know, have somebody bless the room. If they have, they're blessing the room while they're there, get him to do the whole house. Otherwise, he's wandering in the damn hallway. Let get, me a tell ba- you. get the most bang for your buck. Yeah. If he's there, it's, you know, it's like they're coming out to paint one room. Just have him paint the just whole house. Just do the whole house. Uh, but I, but that, again, then that really is true because it really does make you feel better. And therefore, it will, it, it really will get rid of the old hat man. There so you go. there you go. Well, Badaba daba d. Sorry, da-ba, hat da-ba. man. <laughs> What'd you say? I said bop bop bada bop. <laughs> yes. We love providing sinisterhood to you at no cost. So if you like what you hear, consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation, creating the show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those enrolling the airwaves and getting into it tiers, a special shout-out on the show, a monthly bonus mini-sode, which for the month of April will be an update on the Sherry Papini case, and patron-exclusive video and audio content including Am I the Asshole, Relationship Advice, Dear Sinister, Judge Christie, What a Drama, True Crime Headlines, and so much more. And patrons in our Getting Into It tier are able to vote on a bonus content segment each month that we perform live on our Crowdcast. They're also able to vote on an episode we release on the main feed, and you're listening to the one they chose right now. Thanks, Getting Into It friends. You also have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We hop on occasionally, and we host monthly Q&As on Crowdcast, where you can ask us all your burning questions. For patrons not in the U.S., you have the option to pay in pounds or euros, saving you the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available, and those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of membership. For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit Sinisterhood.com and click Patreon on the top banner. And make sure you stick around after our sign-offs to hear your shout-out. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. And if you want to get some cool Sinisterhood swag like t-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, visit Sinisterhood.com and click on Shop in the top banner. We'll also be having our new tour shirt coming out soon, so check for that. And also, for information on tour and to get tickets, go to Sinisterhood.com slash live shows. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. It means so much to us and really helps podcasts like us get more exposure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod and like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. 
And we're also on YouTube and TikTok. Christy? All over the place. I am on Instagram at Christy and Wallace. And I am on Twitter and TikTok at Christy or GTFO. Heather? I am on Twitter at MCK versus the world and on TikTok and Instagram at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for supporting the show on Patreon. Here are your special Patreon shout outs. Emily. Tiana. Angula. Izzy Manal. Molly Nugent. Maddie Nace. Morgan Hancock. Liz L. Samantha Campbell. Jaime Bork. Mary Heron. Kaz. Jennifer Teo. Jessica Leanne Young. Jenna Drysdale. Maddie Hodgetts. Lisa Perry. Justina Dissinger. Sophia. Selena Hornblow. Tausia Blake. Cordy K. Aaron Altenhoff Long. Rita. Leah Houghton. Ellen Solner. Jennifer Ferguson. Leslie Rihanna 99. Alicia. Ashley Barnes. Kylie H.T. Carrie Gabriel. Kayla Geddes. Christian Ossenfort. Jacqueline Dowdy. Hannah Quayley. Dawn P. Jillian Shaitzel. Aaron Maxwell. Jessica Iote. Spinster. Kylie Sheridan. Jessica. Audrey Corcoran. Nicole Soto. Myra P. Marissa Deal. Raylan Rodriguez. Melanie Halsey. Maggie Meem. Mason Schick. Ashley Woodward. Brooke Bafis. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. We sincerely appreciate it. We couldn't do this without you. We hope we pronounced your names correctly. We love you so much. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep it creepy. Whoa, that man's going to get you. Say